Look, maybe Yanni's mustache, but that's it. I couldn't, otherwise, I can't maybe do it. Maybe if Yanni's sitting behind me tickling my neck with his mustache, <laughs> that might work. I don't know. Oh, then that boy. would be a little weird. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. This is Hey, this is Matt from Metal Nerdery. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Like us, share us with a friend. We are at Metal Nerdery Podcast. That is at Metal Nerdery Podcast. You can follow along with the show on metalnerdery.com slash episodes. Nerd out. Hello, this is Obvious Osborne for Metal Nerdery. Uh, you're listening, I think we're listening to Metal Nerdery. Isn't it obvious? Welcome back to our little show. <laughs> Today, we have one of our favoriteest ever topics on the docket. That would be the thrash metal. Absolutely. Predominantly in the 80s, but even bleeding over a smidge into the 90s. But I think the 80s was the uh, the core of its power. Definitely probably the strength of it, for sure. Like the late 80s, I think. Was, yeah. That was the dominating period of thrash. Although it's coming back. What a vengeance. We got like a montage here that, that Adam's compiled that looks, it, it's like a time machine because it literally takes me back to like high schools, like some of these, like, oh man, I remember that. And then, yeah. Some bands you uh, forgot about. Yeah. They even got some of the newer stuff on here too. Municipal Waste. Those guys are good. Don't know if you've heard them. Oh my God, I can't yeah. believe Creator made the list. That's awesome. I Thanks, put that Adam. on there just for you, Millie. You're great. I appreciate it. Rock out. Yeah. All right, carry on. Of course they did. It's fucking creator. <laughs> destruction, that, that's an interesting one. I think Les Claypool, wasn't he in Destruction at one point? No, the guitar player was in Possessed. There was some story about Destruction and Les Claypool. Seems like I want to say that Les Claypool played with them oh, like, maybe he did, briefly. I, I mean, I can't recall. It has not been verified as fact. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I thought they were somehow related. Is DRI on the list? Do I see it? I saw it somewhere. I see Nuclear Assault. Nice. DBC is on there. I remember having that cassette. Dead Brain Cells? Yeah. I always thought they were, weren't they more like a hardcore punk band kind of thing? Or was that like the beginning of the whole straight edge deal? I honestly don't even remember. Of course, the big four on there, the Thrax, the Slayer. I bet Adam put Metallica in like really teeny tiny little, you know, print. That, Way down here in the bottom. Oh, it's kind of funny. Is uh, Did you make that? Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, because I thought I've seen that out there before, or something very similar. Shut up, it's plagiarism. <laughs> I find funny is uh, Discharge is right above Anthrax, and they yeah. had a Discharge cover. Uh, and yet, the day. Whiplash is over there, but where's Metallica? Yeah, right there. Uh, it's hidden with the skull. Uh, with the fancy, then you what's get your his name, skull? Suicidal. The suicidal, ooh, the nuclear assault, Yes. I like nuclear assault. I like yes. those guys. I was listening to, um, oh shit, what was that song? I think it was under, uh, or it was Critical Mass. I was listening to that the other day. That I was like, that's a badass song. Yep. Uh, John Connolly was a uh, guitar tech for Anthrax. Interesting combination for, uh, connection. Yeah. Well, you know, Danny Loker on bass from Anthrax. You got to love that Danny Loker bass tone, man. It's just, <laughs> I just realized that. Just, I, I, said tone and tune together, tune. Yeah, it's like big and fat. It sounds like an industrial accident. <laughs> Sacred Reich. Yeah, Forbidden right there. Definitely. They need to be there. Annihilator. I always remember hearing about Agent Steel, but never really heard any of their stuff. I can't say I've listened to them either. So Atrophy, I had one of their tapes. Atrophy. I don't know. Was Metal Church really thrash, though? I don't know. They had elements. I mean... Yeah, but the name Metal Church. Well, come on. <laughs> but I mean, they did. I mean, they get points just for that. Right. They had elements, but they weren't really. I mean, I wouldn't put up Metal Church against, say, you know, like Master of Puppets. I mean, I don't think it was that level, but there were elements in their music, I guess, that kind of leaned to that. I just always kind of consider just <clears throat> metal. Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily yeah. thrash uh, so much. Yeah. yeah. You I think know, so. we could be splitting hands. Right. The Nevermore connection is kind of interesting because they were more a product of the 90s. But that was probably, I mean, we talked about this before, metal never died, really, after the 80s. It just kind of transformed. But Nevermore, I guess, was probably flying the flag for Thrash, or Underground, anyway, during that time. Uh, Voivod, maybe a little curious. 
choice to have on there. I don't, mm. They were kind of just experimental. But they weren't really thrashy, though, right? No, was it almost was it like early industrial kind of sort of? Yeah, kind of just just prog prog weirdness. Yeah, uh, I kind of see that corner. That's got to be there. I, corner to me, I think when I discovered corner, it was the point where it started going further down the rabbit hole and saw the things that got a little stranger and darker, and some of them got more like corner was more progressive because that was the first time I'd heard thrash that had like that kind of bent to it. Right. It was cool. And you got your. Uh, flotsam down here yeah you were you were more of a flotsam guy than i I liked them too there was something about them that was just kind of honest to me i don't know what it is but it reminded me a lot of like how we were when we were younger in bands it just kind of the vibe it just sort of always had that feel to me they're still doing it they're one of the ones that are i think i always liked uh no place for disgrace that's a great well that's a great album that's their first post newstead album but, but he still wrote a lot of that stuff came out the same year and same label is uh, Injustice for All. They were on Electra at that point. Where's Overkill? Right there. Oh, oh yeah. Duh. <laughs> Jesus. Don't, don't deny the green. For real. Yeah, Flotsam doing the uh, Elton John cover. Yeah, that was kind of a strange... I thought it was pretty cool, though. The tone of that album was so strange to me. It kind of sounded like a weird, squishy fart in a way. I, I, I know that sounds bad. I'm not, squishy fart. I'm not saying that to slag the uh, tone, but... No, that sounds very complimentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your guitar sounds like a wet fart. I mean that in the nicest You're possible welcome. way. You're welcome. And then another curious one to me, sort of guar down here. Yeah, not really. They had elements uh, of thrash, but definitely not not like we know and love. Not like we here at Metal Nerdery promote. <laughs> we promote thrash. Like Death Angel, the youngest thrash mm-hmm. band to ever exist. <clears throat> Those guys are genius. Still kicking ass. Yes, they are still kicking ass. They're, uh, I think they're new and drops on my birthday next week. Oh, yeah? Oh. Yeah. Sweet. Oh. Excellent. Have you heard any of it yet? I have not. Uh, uh, no. There might have been one. There was one video, and I can't remember the title of it. But I it can't remember either. A week it, was, or two ago. it was good. They've been consistent lately, I think. I mean, they started back. They kind of re, re... I almost said re, resurgitated. I know that's re. not a word, but they kind of re emerged back in 2004 i think it was the art of dying but then it's like every ever since then they've been putting out like every two years and every year it's or every album it's solid i mean it's 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 no sugar coating hey man we're an aging thrash <laughs> band now we're gonna do rock and roll okay yay well, it's none I mean, of that shit when we saw them with uh, anthrax and slayer oh that was blistering yeah i mean they were that was fucking they were amazing. still on it man yeah that was a good damn show all the way around yeah, that was. I was. That was. I missed that one. That was a big show for. That was the first show after the. Uh, for those that know me, the leg debacle. So that was the uh, first time, and I stood yeah. for that whole show. But, yeah, you know. security came over because he had he was, had his cane up in the air, rocking out. Yeah, and security came over. Nice. And was like, sir, can you like, please, put sir, your could you please lower your cane? I'm like, <laughs> shut up, Geoff Tate. You don't own me. But no, I had to put the cane down. But yeah, that was the. That was a great show for me because it was just, it was, n- never mind that, but I mean, just the lineup. Where was it? It was at the Tabernacle. Tabernacle. Oh. It wasn't good for me because uh, that was the first time I had finally got to see Anthrax uh, all these years. Really? Yeah, I'd never seen him. And uh, so I'd had a few beers, run around the pit, my glasses got knocked off. Naturally. Naturally. So the rest of the show, I couldn't see anything. Wife comes, picks us up. I felt like I was seven. I had to tell my mom I lost my glasses. (laughs) Not truthful. She she wasn't happy. She wasn't happy with me at all. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. But that that was a killer show, though. It was almost worth the thrashing that, ironically, Adam had to take afterwards, but... Yeah, it was a it was awesome. show. It was awesome. Show. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure it was it. at the Tabernacle. I never really heard Sodom. Listen to them a little bit. Pretty good. They're, uh, they seem like they have that weird early to mid-80s cheese factor to them. Maybe like think, Agent Steel. I don't I know. I think if them and uh, them, Destruction and uh, Creator are kind of like the German big three. Sort of. Yeah, I, I think we used to be like the leaders of that. We we were like the Metallica of the German Big Three. But that, that's before I became uh, became a U.S. citizen. Yeah, they're German. Huh. So I don't really connect. Are they connected to anybody? Like other bands or something? I don't know, but 
tangent. The main connected. guy's name is Tom Angel Ripper. So, you know. Angel Ripper. <laughs> How you doing? My name's Tom. Tom Angel Ripper. I'm a rancher. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, destruction. Germany, too. So. All right. Well, while you're on that, scroll down. I'm inspired by Maiden. Merciful fate. Yeah. Past members. Mm. There you go. <clears throat> Probably nobody you've ever heard of. I swear I was thinking there was some kind of Primus Les Claypool connection or something. I knew there was with Possessed, but it would seem that perhaps I'm mistaken with this one. Mm. Um, by the way, I would like to take this opportunity, um, and I feel horrible about it. And I know I've already offered a written retraction uh, specifically to Adam, but I want to say this for the record to have it on the air. He was right the other day, and I was horribly wrong. Yes, Terry Day did produce the last Slayer album, Repentless. Rick Rubin produced World Painted Blood. He was right. I was wrong. I offer an apology. A full retraction. Now that that's over, on to the show. Because I, I felt like an ass. I actually went to go look that up. I'm like, Terry Date, Terry Date. I was like, Fuck it. it was Slayer. You're right. Sorry. Just had to say it. Told you. Anyway. Right. I don't know. We can uh, talk about some of our favorite thrash albums. I think we should start with Testament to Legacy for sure. I think, oh, yeah. that, I think that was my choice down here. Ooh, is that like your per like Adam's best pick? Yeah, Adam's best pick. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that would be a good one. I hate to fuck up the order because it's like, dude, you've taken all the piss out of the show, and nobody's gonna listen. Yeah, Testament. Yeah, the Legacy. Excellent. That's pretty much uh, definitely not our decision there. Even the album. I mean, right? See, that's what's missing today. I think, like back then, to me, that's one of like the. I don't know if penultimate is the right word. I want to use a big word, and that sounds like a good one. But <laughs> that's like the penultimate thrash album cover. It's got that dark, weird, evil. Yeah, that's a great one. Being in a book that looks like it's on fire with a big feather, and then there's like a other dimension behind it or something. It's like in a castle. What the hell's going on here? They didn't sound like anybody else. Nope. No, I remember when uh, you know? first time I heard Over the Wall. Uh, yeah. That blew me away, dude. Like when Chuck Billy just started, it was just like, what is this? Yes. It was like, I mean, He's he was badass. literally like a banshee. Like when you hear the term screaming like a banshee, that was like a Chuck Billy on that album for yeah. sure, especially that tune. I want the wall. Yeah. I mean, that was a total classic. Practice was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a practice, good one. Too. And then uh, yeah. another one that was, that I, Put into the uh, couldn't really decide on as much later album The Gathering, but that album was just freaking awesome. That was awesome. a killer album. Yeah. Dave Lombardo playing drums. Yeah, on it. yeah, I mean, it yeah. Was, I remember vaguely that it was, one. It was freaking awesome. It was it was badass. But the thing about it that was different, even though there were still testament, the production was the production would be like if you and you know Kane Roberts was your trainer for a few weeks and you went to the gym and bulked up and looked like one of those crazy muscle men that like the Michelin Man. <laughs> That was the difference in production between, like, The Legacy and The Gathering. Oh, yeah. It was just fat. I guess, in a way, that was kind of the wave of thrash in the 90s, like with Nevermore and what we were talking about before. It's like thrash never really went away with the 80s. It just kind of evolved up in the 90s and kind of went a little heavier, maybe a little darker, because The Gathering was certainly a thrash album. Well, a lot of that Testament stuff, low and demonic. Oh, yeah, those were definitely thrash albums. Kick-ass albums. Mm -hmm. Chuck Billy got a little more guttural, not quite as uh, high. But wouldn't you say those were thrash albums for sure? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, thanks, Matt, for taking all the wind out of the sails. That was the number one pick, man. Now you've ruined it. No. It's all broken. Oh, I, didn't have a, I didn't have any numbers. Okay. Just uh, didn't have an order. Stuff that I like. So liked. we can scroll is what you're saying. Yeah, I just kind of started with the big four, I guess. You got to go with, with the Anthrax. Big four. I just went with the Manga Living because. I know. think to me that album kind of had that magical quality. I know we've uh, always said that before, but. Because spreading the disease was killer, but something about Among the Living was like it was cleaner and it was a little darker. Yeah. The songwriting just kind of got more cohesive on it. It was. It had better flow even than spreading the disease. I mean, that was a good album, but I mean, Among the Living just kind of, it worked all the way through. Like it just kind of was like it followed the bouncing ball. Like just the track listing was almost perfection. I agree. Which I think is what makes it like some of the albums, like even, you know, Master Puppets and... 
Yeah, Peace Cells and Rain and Blood. It's like those albums that have like that perfect track listing where it's like there will never be anything else that will be as perfect as that. And yeah. that was theirs. That was Anthrax's for sure. Yeah, I, I can't I can't listen to that album enough. I think something about Side 2, like before you were talking about Pantera, Cowboys from Hell with Side 2. Side 2 for that, for Among the Living, was like that for me, sort of. Mm. It's like it had that darker kind of different vibe like you know adi horror of it all which i don't know what adi you know i know what it means from a nerd work perspective but i don't know what it means from the anthrax perspective right but yeah anyway but that side that second side of among living is fabuloso and then they went all cartoony almost on a state of euphoria <laughs> it's like what i always thought it was funny they were never really a big drug band i'm like with albums like state of euphoria how could they not be a drug band I mean, look at Scott Ian. He looks like a, or as I used to think his name was pronounced back then, Scott Ian. <laughs> I, used to, I look wow. at him, it's like, those guys get high before they go on stage. Admit it. They just look at them. They're all smiling. Ah, it's like there's nobody happy in metal. Everybody looks like anthrax whole, is. <laughs> yeah, anthrax is, but everybody else looks like their entire bloodline was murdered in front of them, you know, while listening <laughs> to horrible <laughs> music. And they're just like all gruff and weathered and err. And Anthrax is like, hey, how's it going? Anyway, moving on. Let's see. After that, I went with the old Megadeth. The old Megadeth. And uh, which album do you think there? I have to say Peace Cell. I mean, I'm torn because... Uh, Wait, wait, wait. Well, I'm torn. You're right, because, I mean, those are two that almost kind of... I almost feel like they belong together. Yeah, I said, you know, it was... But Rust in Peace is... a hard decision, I think Rust in Peace is probably a more superior album in its entirety, like as a full connected work. But to me, there's just something about the magic of Peace Cells. It's uh, just, I agree. I agree. It's a great so album. So it's a real tough call, but I mean, that's a Rust in Peace is a kick-ass album for sure. Wake Up Dead is, uh, I just love that song. Yeah. There, there's no better opener. That's probably got to be the, I don't know, Holy War. Holy Wars and Wake Up Dead would be like a, a fight to the death as to the better opener because those are two yeah. kick-ass openers. It's kind of talking about the whole production of things with Peace Cells it's kind of like the first Forbidden album it just kind of had a more raw t- yeah. tone edge to it you know mm. it was a little grittier this one had more precision it almost seemed a little more dialed in Rust in Peace yeah, that Rust in Peace was just kind of like perfection almost oh yeah for sure in I my opinion it. I liked it a lot well it also had Marty Friedman not to say that Chris Poland was a slouch but he definitely brought a different level well and nick menza i mean come on yeah i mean those guys i mean that from that era forward for a while i mean they changed the course of megadeth because it kind of took the thrash element he had even on like peace cells and kind of elevated it where he failed miserably i guess and so far so good so what it's like he (laughs) he he got a one-up he got a mulligan on rest in peace so far i haven't listened to that one in a long time (laughs) the 502 you know, for some reason, I always think about listening to that tape being out sick from school one day, just sitting home, listening <laughs> to the cassette. Uh, the old Schmigalliga. Hey, look, he's wearing a sacred rock shirt. <laughs> How about that? Of course he was. I, I think I read something from Phil that said that Jason Newstead was one of the reasons that Sacred Reich was on the map. Uh, yeah, I read that, too. He was a big promoter of uh, uh, Sacred Reich. I think they were yeah. both in Phoenix, right? Arizona? Yeah. Or at least so. Arizona style. Yeah. But uh, I had to go with Mop. You got to have the Puppets album in there for sure. That's like, you'd be, I don't think you could call yourself a fan of metal if you don't have that in your catalog. Yeah, it's a tough call between, at least for me anyway, between this one and Kill Em All. I agree. I mean, Kill Em All but they're is different. Just, oh, they're mean, completely different. Kill Em All is more thrash. It is, but it almost, it's something. And it's raw and it's. It's you know it's faster. It's you think it's more thrash than Master Puppets? I do. Really? How? I do because it's, it's, it's rawer for sure. And there's elements. That, there's still the elements there in both. But and it's faster. There's uh, faster than Disposable Heroes. Faster. That's one song. <laughs> well, it's not one. <laughs> okay, Disposable Heroes, Damage Heat, Battery. Yeah, I guess there's some slower songs in Master Puppets, but there's still a yeah, lot I mean, of thrashness going on. Master Puppets is is awesome don't get me wrong it's just it's more of a it's more of a piece you know it's like more, a complete work kind yeah, of thing yeah i mean I'll, I'll give you the the 
Kill 'em All is definitely, a, I mean, it's definitely a thrash metal masterpiece, no doubt. But I guess for some reason, when I think of Master of Puppets, it's like a, because I realize it's Metallica and it's still thrash, but it's like somehow Master of Puppets is like on this different level, even than Kill 'em All. Well, it's was. like everything else. I mean, it's their third album. Yeah, there was an evolution. They had more, yeah. bu- they had a bigger budget, production was better. But you're they, right. They'd been together for a while at this point, writing songs and playing. They were tighter. Yeah. You know, they were just. But Kill 'em All I mean, definitely a was a, a killer thrash album for sure. But if, if I had to compare the two, I got to pick puppets all day. That's just me. But I do. I, I like Kill 'em All because it had that kind of raw, almost like a yeah. But like that, a, but like there a was nothing like kind of just yeah. Kill 'em All gets me more fired up than Master does for sure. I could see that it kind of has that energy to it too, though, because yeah. like you said, that's kind of one of those Master's kind of one of those you know sit out at home, turn the lights down, light a some incense and fire that up and just listen it's to a, it all. It's a badass record. Absolutely. But then Kill Em All is kind of more like, you know, if you're like working around the house and want to hammer shit or yeah. do metal activities. I, I don't know what, is, is home improvement like a metal activity? Is that some, <laughs> Everything is a metal yeah. activity. Come on. Especially, I'm gonna, I'm especially go out the garage. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to go hammer some shit. I'm going to go hammer my hand. It's just totally metal. Yeah, I guess Kill Em All is more like a, uh, <laughs> Fixer upper metal or something. Because <laughs> they slowed down even with, um, with like Ride the, the Lightning. Thing. Yeah, they did. Yeah, you know did. what I mean? Yep. I mean, it's there's still some fast and badass songs for sure, but the whole thing kind of, you know, it's more, more, it's just a little bit less thrash. Yeah. Still thrash. A little, a little more nuanced. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and even right. thinking about stuff like Phantom Lord and Whiplash and No Remorse, I mean, all those were pretty uh, hit the lot i mean fuck hit the lights yeah. and metal militia are just like oh. i know right like when i first heard hit the lights i was like and i was like how the hell are they playing this fast <laughs> and then i heard metal militia and then like later i heard battery i'm like what the how does this guy do this is he a wizard you know how, did, how do you pull it off <laughs> hello i'm james hetfield i'm in a wizard this is obvious i was born that was not real james hetfield thanks obvious that was obvious. <laughs> and then you got fucking Slayer. You gotta have fucking Slayer. You yeah. cannot talk about Thrash without talking about fucking Slayer, who have now hung it up. They are retired. They're done with metal, at least with Slayer anyway. I think they might do some production yeah, stuff. I think my choice, was, uh, my choice on this was pretty obvious. A little rain and blood. I think that's a given. I think that has to be a given. That's sort of back to the puppets argument that in the catalog, there's got to be those two for sure. Yeah. They just, they belong. But I would, I would almost, I almost feel like you got to sort of put, I don't know. It's not fair. I was going to say, I would almost say you got to put like that and South of Heaven and Seasons together, but. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Because I love Rain and Blood. Rain and Blood has more power to me just in terms of like impact and like when I heard it and stuff. Because that was like the first real Slayer that I'd heard. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd read about like when they had like the makeup and the upside down crosses and you were satanic. Like the first two albums, which had lackluster production quality. Absolutely. But then you hear Rain and Blood and it was just like, it was creepy. I mean, like when I first heard it, I was freaked out because I was like, holy shit, I've never heard anything like this. And even the guitars, I was like, how are they making them sound like that? I thought it was badass. It was badass for sure, but it yeah. was like, whoa. It was It was kind of like, because uh, you had rock and roll and then you had Black Sabbath. And then you had metal and thrash and you had stuff like that. And then Rain and Blood came out. Yeah. And it just kind of, it just right over the top. You know what I mean? Just. And there was it's nothing the else like Rain and Blood. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just think about how many how many people have been influenced by that album. Oh, man. I, mean, I think that raised the bar for thrash in general. I think at that point, people were like, we got to get faster to keep up with these guys. And what's weird is they probably weren't the fastest, but that no. whole album, start to finish, is just... Yeah, it's because they never let up. I mean, it was, yeah. they freaking hit the hammer and just... Yeah. 28 minutes of, let's hit it to the floor, guys. One, two, three, four, boom. Just a freaking masterpiece. I didn't understand when I first got the tape, which for you younger folks out there, the cassette tape is what we listened to before we had the compact discuses. But I didn't understand why I had the full track listing for the album on both sides. Like when I first got the tape, I thought, well, surely like half of this is on side one and half of it's on. It's like, no, man, it's 28 minutes on one side and turn it over. It's 28 minutes again. Yeah. And it's like infinite thrash on repeat forever. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> It's like it all makes sense now. It's part of the program. But yeah, 
brilliant, brilliant album. I'm going to kind of miss the fact that Slayer is not going to be a thing anymore. Not going forward, you know? I mean, I know it's different now than then, but I don't know. Just kind of sentimental. Love it. Yeah. Anyway. So after the, uh, after the big four, I had to break out some Sacred Reich. There you go. Oh, yes. Because those guys were just bitching. I feel like they were probably one of the more underappreciated yep. bands. They're right there with the Forbidden yeah. and, and those types of bands. I mean, that ilk. Just top notch. Oh, yeah. Killer grooves. Yep. But uh, as far as favorite albums by them went, it was, was kind of tough. And a lot of these bands. They had a I lot was, of good ones to pick from. A lot of these old thrash bands, I was kind of going with like the first thing I heard by them because it was just. Well, that's where the magic is. Yeah, it's like a sentimental type thing. But with with Sacred Reich, I had to go with Heal. The thing about Heal, and I kind of I have to agree with you on that because Ignorance was great, Independent was great, American Way was all those were great. But something about Heal had like this harder, more in your face, absolutely, like that brutality we're talking about that kind of came back to thrash even in the nineties. That was just just a focused onslaught. Because the production, everything about it, it was just like they're not letting up. It's like this; guy, these guys are, you know, they don't they don't warm up. They basically start off out of the gate going, you know, warp speed, and that's how they go until they finish. But that album has got it's got killer production. The songs are killer, and if the new one is any in- indication, if it's anything like that or a step beyond that, it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, just the the performances on that album are just man, it was tight. Oh yeah, super tight, tight, tight. tight. Looks like it'll be called Awakening. Oh, yeah. Do you have a date? No, it just says 2019. I think it's, I know it's the summer. I just can't remember specifically. I wanted to say June or July. I've heard some snippets here and there on their uh, Facebook page. Phil would post some like 25 second, whatever, 20, 25 second snips. And uh, it sounded to me like Sacred Reich should sound. But it didn't sound like that. Don't do it, Donnie release no nah, I didn't, I didn't hear right? that one yet so I mean that was fun for what it was but I heard the production I was like please god tell me that's not what the new album nah, sounds like it, it sounded like where that left off he, oh okay I mean it excellent. sounded like your good pummeling sacred right excellent looks like they're on tour right now yeah they came last Monday I think Violence they just played this past Monday oh here at the masquerade oh yeah. come on man <sighs> Weeknight shows kill me. It looks like we missed that one. Huh? I'd like to have seen that one. <laughs> Hopefully they'll be back around on a weekend. When we can sleep. Uh, Exodus. So, so then, yeah, some Exodus. Yeah, I love the Exodus. I remember the very oh, first yeah. time I ever heard uh, Fabulous Disaster, the album. Like that opening for Last Act of Defiance. And I was like, what the hell are they talking about? And then it just jumps in and it's just like, to me, that was probably the most insane thrash I'd heard at that point because, like, you know, Tom Hunting on the drums just going, and it was just like, whoa. And then going back and listening to, like, you know, the opening with, you know, Deranged on Pleasures of the Flesh. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was my uh, that was my pick. Pleasures of the Flesh. I know a lot of people like Bonded by Blood, and a lot of people like uh one you were just talking about. Fabulous Disaster. Yeah, a lot of people like that one. Yeah, I think that was my favorite one. I just some reason this one i just like that opening on this one and the opening's deranged. great the deranged opening yeah <laughs> and the songs even because even the one they had after that i think it was or after fabulous disaster impact is imminent i think they had like a killer opener and then it kind of lost me but from what i've heard of pleasures of the flesh i remember really digging it it just had a good raw edge to it chemical is a good song yeah, i remember that one yeah. the deranged always stood out there's just I like salad <laughs> big potato <laughs> Jives. Can you get mad? Knock the front wheel off in the outer space. <laughs> Give me that ashtray. Uh, I, I'm sick. I'm shaking like a leaf. <laughs> and, uh, but I don't know. It's a cool album cover. Skulls. And that is one of the most kick-ass intro songs I think ever. Deranged, like when it goes into that after oh, the that intro. Riff. Yeah, when that riff kicks. Holy in. shit! Yeah, that's just <laughs> like a that. That's like tearing your neck off and just like, you know, letting everything spray about. It's like, whoa, what is that? <laughs> well, Gary, I think Gary Holt said that one time. He said, yeah, we, just, we used to just try to write music because, you know, it was get out, get out the stress that we had because we couldn't kill people. <laughs> that was the whole point of I writing thrash. I guess that's positive. Yeah, that's a positive outlet for your anger. So, yes, it was productive. 
Awesome. And then we got some overkill. The kill. kill. You cannot deny the kill. (laughs) No. I remember, I don't know if you remember this, Adam, but back in like, I think it was when Horoscope came out in 91, because that was like the first post-Gustafson album. Yeah. And everybody was like, man, there's no way they're going to be as fucking heavy as Bobby Gustafson with two guitar players, man. Because Bobby Gustafson was a monster, especially on like Under the Influence and Years of Decay. Years of Decay, his tone on that one was God. Massive. I'm sure Tony Iommi was just beaming, you know. He smiled, and it was good. I'm sure he was very happy, because that was, like, the most amazing, especially, like, playing with spiders, that was, like, the most amazing oh, yeah. Black oh, sabbath esque yeah. yep. thing. Yeah. Again, it's kind of a hard decision, but I went with uh, 20 albums. Who, Overkill? Yeah. yeah. They're like the yeah. workhorse they, of thrash, they, man. They're, they're mm. one of the bands they, that... Like a lot of those bands back then, they would take breaks and hiatuses and all that. Overkill just kept going the whole time. But they were always like a solid output band because you knew the thing with Overkill is they they evolved over the years, but you always knew what you were getting. You were getting Overkill, and it was consistent. It wasn't quite ACDC consistent, but it was almost kind of like how Slayer consistent was, where even though it was still Slayer, they still sort of branched here and there. Right. Overkill did kind of the same thing. So they stayed Overkill, but they kind of over time incorporated different little different elements to the music how's the new one it's it's really good yeah it's really good yeah deal look look, a top pick would be the very first one in garden state i've heard garden state that's good state's killer but under the influence is a classic yeah shred hello from the gutter choking wisdom that was my first overkill purchase yeah me too but it was a little bit i guess if i was going to pick one other one it might have been Killbox. 13. That's an impressive because. album, man. That's one of those that's hard that's a, to deny. That thing is... Everything, the songs, one, uh, the tracks, the production. It's good. Yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. It's just like, We took a... Remember that trip to Florida? Yeah. We oh, had, yeah. We rented a minivan, and all the girls were in the back. And Matt and I, this this, this was before Caitlin. And, uh, 03, I think. Yeah. It was 03, yeah. yeah. So, we're going down there. They're in the back, whatever, talking girl talk. And Matt and I, I think I had the uh, speakers up. I took the speakers out of the back and just ran it all up front. Because <laughs> we're up front. We're driving overnight. Cause, uh, That's a story. Yeah. So we're driving overnight, jamming Overkill and Slayer. Just metal after metal after metal. Yeah. And of course, Sounds like we need to do that again. And then and then uh, every once in a while, one of the girls is like, can we listen to something? No. no absolutely not. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Your music doesn't matter. Go back to sleep. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Trying to stay awake here. You know? <clears throat> if, we, if we were to fall asleep, we'll summon the Jim Brickman. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, John Tesh is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Look, maybe Yanni's mustache, but that's it. I can, otherwise, I can't maybe do it. Maybe if Yanni's sitting behind me tickling my neck with his mustache, <laughs> that might work. I don't know. Oh, then boy. that would be a little weird. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> Honey, why is Yanni tickling your neck with his mustache? Shut up, he's a Greek. <laughs> and he's good. And uh, Death Angel. The Death Angel, the youngest Death thrashers Angels. on the planet, or formally. I had no idea those guys were so young. Like, you know, they talk about them in documentaries. Like, yeah, we were still in high school. Oh, when the ultraviolence came out, man, they were like, they were just kids. Yeah. You know, I mean, really. We get an owner's permit, but we know how to play metal. One thing you don't need a learner's permit to be metal, do you? They were, I think they were kind of important in thrash because it seemed like the way Mark started in '82 was the Guida's yeah. vocals were were just like I read stories about him, man, like where he would pass like the way he sings because he's so fucking intense that he's like passed out before on oh, stage. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> like where he's singing just yeah, just doing that so intensely, and it gets to the point where he loses consciousness. It's going all in. It's like that's metal as <laughs> taking one for the team. <laughs> it's like they got a new one as well, huh? Yeah. Yes. Yep. <clears throat> that's a good pick. So I, I had to go with Act Three because quality pick. I mean, Ultraviolence is good. They stepped the game up with Frolic. A lot of good songs on there. Thirteenth Floor and Road Mutants and all that good stuff. And Act Three, man, was just. It was a good progression Solid. for them. I well, think. It, was, it was it was varied. Uh, you know, I mean, they had the little ballad on there, and then they had the uh, funky. And, but you know what's weird is because this was their first real big major label, and I think yeah. Ultraviolence and Frolic Through the Park were on uh, their Metal Blade, right? I think so. 
Metal Blade and possibly some other independent distribution. But then Act 3 was like their first for like a major. I think it was Geffen. And Sounds there was right. a little bit of that kind of more professionalism. I don't want to say poppy. I mean, come on. Veil of Deception Room with a view were definitely poppy-ish. But the progression was natural because Ultraviolence was just straight out in your face, you know. Yeah. Or metal as hell. And then Frolic kind of dialed it back a little and kind of focused it a little more. But then Act 3 sort of really brought in that accessibility. Yeah. I think it probably brought in a lot of their influences, too, that maybe they hadn't gotten into. Well, yeah, like discontinued. Like when I remember back then, like uh, friends of ours that were drummers, they heard the intro to that and they were like trying to figure out like how to play it all the way through. Yeah. Because it's a complicated drum pattern, like to listen to it. I mean, I'm not a drummer. I can count to four so I can play drums, but I'm saying that I'm not a fancy enough drummer to be able to pull that shit off. But I mean, it was just. It was almost kind of funky and had this weird thing, but it kind of brought that weird metal funk crossover thing together. So that that was almost maybe the beginning of a lot of that whole rap crossover metal stuff. And everybody blamed it on Anthrax. Well, Anthrax made it fun. Right. They had real rappers on this shit, you know what I'm saying? They <laughs> covered. Looks like the first two were um, Enigma records. Enigma. Enigma. Okay, yeah. that's right. I think them and the, somehow I feel like them and Metal Blade were related or like on a similar distribution or something. I remember Striper was on Enigma. Striper. <laughs> You're not supposed to remember that. <laughs> we love Jesus. He is metal. <laughs> That's uh, Striper impression. Yeah, but that was a good damn show when they were touring. Yeah, that when album. they came in 90, which by the way, they toured on that album with Forbidden. Twi- good twisted show. into form. Good show. Notice awesome. how I tied that back. That was a kick-ass show. That was probably one of my f- most memorable metal shows I've ever been to. Center stage, right? Yep. Yeah. Summer of good 90. Spot. Yeah. I always liked spot. center stage. Yeah, me too. There was not really a bad seat in that, in that whole no. place. It was like anywhere you sat was, was a decent seat. Yeah. Some were obviously better than others, but there was never like a bad seat in the house. Saw Annihilator there. Yeah. I was at that one. Annihilator, yeah. Wrathchild, and, and Testament. Testament. Yeah. yeah. That was an that awesome was a good one. God, I that wish was I could have been one. in that show. Where they did, uh, was it Time? Yeah. Yeah. Is this school night? You can't be yeah. there. I remember you sitting in the, uh, Omar, and I don't know if Eddie was with us or not, but yeah, we all sat up there and listened to that. Yeah, it was I'm pretty good. Sure, I'm pretty sure it was me and Omar. It might have been me and Eddie. I don't know. I feel Quality. bad that I never got to meet Omar. I always hear stories about him. He sounded like an exceptionally metal dude. Yeah, he was awesome. Well, and then uh, those guys made my list. The forbidden, the forbidden <laughs> had to make the list, of course. And I went with the. Twisted. I, went, I went with that one. Twisted into form. That is a classic by any stretch. If you are a fan of thrash of any any age, you've got to have Twisted into form. It's just one of those classics. The first one, the first one too. <laughs> but I'm gonna. I mean, I'll split it down the middle. I mean, I got to go with Adam's pick because I love that album, Twisted into form. But Forbidden Evil, you. That's got to be included in the Forbidden Lexicon, but we cover that in another podcast. You can go listen to it later. <laughs> That's the one for me, for sure. Uh, Bill's unpopular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Just was, kidding, buddy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was my list. Oh, that was your list? That was my list. Nice. I don't know if we came quite as prepared. What about at all? Sepultura. Sepultura, also a good band. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. They got, yep. that, I think they kind of came because I feel like there was like this kind of contingent of thrash like in mid 80s to late 80s that like you listen to it it's like that's thrash you know it's thrash yeah you know like Creator Metallica Slayer Anthrax Megan you know all those bands I, okay that's thrash and then Sepultura came along and they were still doing kind of that same thing but they had different elements yeah they're from Brazil and it was like kind of bringing that whole like putting thrash into a blender it's like hey let's throw some other cultures in Swedish South American we put in others Germany let's make that put I, just, in uh, I can't remember flavor can't remember how I came across Beneath the Remains, but I just remember hearing it, and I was like, hell yeah, that's no good doubt. stuff, man. That's good stuff. No doubt. And then they just, they kind of just, one of those bands, they just got better and better. Mm-hmm. Beneath the Remains, then Arise, then Chaos. Oh, yeah. Chaos AD, I love that album. Yeah, that's a good one. Good one. It did get bigger and better. Chaos might album. be my favorite. I don't know. It's, there's, they're yeah, all really, really good. They are. Uh, Absolutely. And then, you know, the big one, Roots. Yep. Which is, we wore that out. When yeah, you say big one, like, was that big, like, just for them, even, like, in their own history? Like, was that, like, a landmark release? Yeah. 
Yeah, because they they actually went back to like Brazil or wherever they went, and they would like recorded drums with villagers and stuff. You know, like playing villagers. <laughs> yeah, they went out to the villages. This is Mboto. He's going to play <laughs> percussion. <laughs> Mboto, play the thrash part. But, uh, yeah, they did a lot of different stuff on that album. They kind of they were breaking the mold a little bit. It was good. <laughs> Sorry, I got all tied up thinking about the villagers. I've <laughs> oh, got some uh, nuclear assault on here as well. Yes. Definitely. Makes me think of critical mass. I got to see them one time with Testament. Yeah? Seems like I might have done that as well. I don't think that was at the old Roxy. Yeah. And I want to say, familiar. oddly enough, I want to say Sabotage. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I remember now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, would they have yeah. fit into the Thrash Umbrella or not? Nuclear? No, uh, the sabotage. Seven, uh, I don't think so. Weren't they kind of leaning more into kind of dream theater esque sort of ish? Yeah, they were more metal. just kind of just metal. What's kind of a uh, they like their epic type, you know, Hall of the Mountain King and you know, yeah, that's true. Metal operas and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> Nuclear Assault, I, I used to love jamming out those guys. Oh yeah, yeah, they got Definitely. just the, the balls factor for sure. They were one of those bands where. As soon as John Conley opened his mouth, you were like, fuck yeah, or stop. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the mark of a good front man. It's like, yeah, he, he just is. sounds like he's screaming at, like, everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, everything in the universe all at once. <laughs> just, you know, you don't know what I mean. It's like, dude. <laughs> Why is that guy screaming so much? <laughs> that's what they do. <laughs> Check out his profile on Christian Mingle. <laughs> Plenty of fish. What about Millie? Creator. Absolutely. Yeah, we used to be really big back in the 80s, but then, you know, times have been hard lately. And so, you know, the pasta business is on the side. I do that when I come off a tour, but uh, we're we're still putting out records and playing festivals. Uh, Like I said, we're playing Chili's tomorrow night in the parking lot. So uh, please come check us out. I'm Millie. This is Creator. Got any other shows lined up, Millie? Or? Uh, we might have one uh, next Thursday at a Sweetwater Bar and Grill, um, <laughs> 9 o'clock. Uh, it might be uh, some mud wrestling going on, that, so just just ignore that. And it might even be some comedy. We don't know, but anyway, you guys come see us on tour. We'll have free pasta giveaways after the show. Back back to you guys. Thanks. Fourteen albums, creator. Fourteen. Yeah, they're still. I've heard some of their new stuff. It's still. Yeah. Good. It's fucking yeah, badass. Yeah, awesome. Man. Really good stuff. Matt, I love you so much for saying. <laughs> dude, go back to the couch, man. Sorry, just I, I appreciate it. Millie wants to love you. Now we talked about too, Annihilator man. a little bit. Allison Hill. Allison Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Birds like a bus saw blade. Was yeah. it Jeff Waters? Was that the guitar player? Yeah. That dude, I heard he was like a fucking acrobat. Like he'd play and like down tune shit while he's playing and like tune it in the middle and do all kinds of crazy weird. Did you ever hear that? Like uh, stuff he would do with his guitar? I don't remember that. I mean, I don't remember hearing that. If I did, that doesn't mean anything. I don't know. There's something about his play, and I always kind of wonder, as a player, like what he went on to do. Like if Annihilator's still Annihilator's still going. He's listening to some of their newer shit because he was kind of like the, I guess, like the driving force of Annihilator. Pretty much, he basically was Annihilator, I think. But they were good, and we saw them that time. I thought they were good. Yeah, definitely. Testament Ratchel. That'd be like a fantasy show, man. That'd be like the that'd be like the favorite show I'd ever want to go see. <laughs> like those three bands would be just to see those three bands in one spot would be kick ass. It was good. It was good. Of course, Thank I always love seeing Ratchel America live. Those kind of shows you could see. Last album was 2017. Okay, so recently, so we're up to date. Some of that going back to the new creator stuff just for a second. Just yeah, shut up, Millie. Stay over there. Stay, good boy. One of the tunes I heard the other day it was like 2012. And I was like, holy shit. I mean, it, I didn't realize it was 2012 until I started checking the credits. I was like, man, this has got fucking balls. Like production style. It's just got yeah. that nuclear blast kind of massive, huge yeah. production. Uh, Creator is kind of like a overkill, man. It just He just kept going with it. Kept it heavy, kept it fast. Mm. You know? But his shit is just it's fucking insane because it's just so his vocal. His vocals have that little bit of extra kind of venom to them. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just yeah. like, Absolutely. 
definitely has a. You guys are so kind. Thank you for the kind words. I, I really appreciate. it. I'm going to write it in my diary just just to, have, funny, to have you a record. Don't sound German at all. No. Your accent changes when you move. I, I came to America years ago, and it's changed. The pasta changes it some. The sauce kind of to, affects your vocal cords. It, it, it's a little different. You living in Jersey or what? Uh, sort of between Jersey and North Carolina. It's, it's, <laughs> it's hard to say. It's a transitional area. Okay. But there's a great market for pasta down there. I just want to tell you guys, a huge market. I'm opening my restaurant soon to create oh. your own pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Creator pasta. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Create our own pasta. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> All right, moving on. Please. I got some got some COC. COC is interesting. COC is so strange to me. And here's yes. why. Because I think of COC starting with blind. Yeah, they'd already been around. Oh, I know yeah. they've been around and done lots of shit before that. But when I think of COC, if I if if, if you looked at me in the word association and said COC, other than thinking of cock, my first thought would be blind. Gross. I realize it's probably inappropriate. It'll probably get edited out. Don't do it, Bill. <laughs> but that and that is kind of like a thrash masterpiece, I think, because it's still got got doomy element, but it's more yeah. thrashy. That was that was the. Uh that one was a big change for them. Well, they were more Compared hardcore to, before uh, that, right? Yeah, they had their they yeah. kind of had their own thing going. I mean, their COCs always just kind of done whatever the hell they wanted to do. And, but they kind of became CO, they kind of became COC as we know COC with blind. starting with starting at blind, but yeah, then blind absolutely. kind of evolved over with Deliverance and Wise Blood. Yep. Because Blind didn't have that much of that Southern Fried element to it initially, no, but it had no. that Doomy Sabbath style going on. Yeah. Blind was formed in 82. 82. Yeah. In North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. I knew they'd been putting out albums for years, but I knew they were all pretty different, and a lot of them were more hardcore before they got... Blind was like the turning point, I think. For Yeah. And that one was kind of like like metal, just kind of metal, sort of. Yeah. And, and then Deliverance kind of brought in the, the Southern Fried type element to Southern it. Fried Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. just good. Oh, yeah. I love it, man. Love it. Yeah. I saw them uh, on the Wise Blood tour. I was, I was at Mars Music. You remember Mars? Yeah, yeah. where everybody's nobody on the internet. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I was there. I was wearing my Wise Blood shirt, and this guy had to make it a point to come up and tell me that COC sucked now, and he didn't like the new <laughs> shit they were doing. And oh yeah, he was all about the old style, old you know, pre-blind or whatever. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. Yeah. Whatever, dude. I mean, we all are free to like what we like. Yeah. You know? I mean, I like the old stuff too, right. but I like this too. Yeah. And I don't like you for telling me the difference. Right. You, sir. <laughs> you, sir, can shut up your pie hole. So, but I think Blind really, really started the change for them because then they they really never went back to the other way. They kind of stayed the path of like the whole Sabbathy, doomy, more metally kind of thing. I think if I had to pick a favorite it'd be wise blood for me because the most southern fried era well just the album wise blood and when that came out I, I don't think i took it out of my cd player for god i don't know how long i mean i just yeah. listened to it and listened to it and listened to it i just couldn't stop listening to it that yeah. was another one of those that's like a complete work that you got to listen to kind of really all the i think the later coc stuff probably starting at that point like with wise blood and even really with Deliverance, because the way they would put those little interludes in there, I mean, they really made it where it was like a COC album was a complete work. Right. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. just to just pop it on for this song or that. It was kind of like pop it on, sit back and listen to it. Well, Wise Blood for me was like even to the point where like I that's like one of my favorite drum albums of all time. Hmm. Like I just, you know, as a guitar player or whatever, you memorize mentally all the guitar parts in your head when you're listening. But like that album, I knew all the drums. It's like if I could play drums, I uh, I could, yeah. You know, I mean, I knew that album backwards and forwards in my head on the drums, right? And just loved it. I, just, I, I will say this cool. about that album, that song "Fuel." When I hear that song, that that falls into the. It's, yeah, it's, I sat down and learned that one one night because that album or that song kicks ass. That falls into the metal nerdery. It can't be loud enough category. <laughs> that one definitely goes in the hopper. Just that that album in general. Uh, Reed Mullins drums just reminded me a lot of uh, uh, Sabbath. Yeah. 
his drumming style. Bill Ward, it just right. it just kind of put puts me in that headspace as far as the drums go. Every so. time I hear COC, I just uh, kind of think about like Sabbath, you know, shag rugs and brown wood paneling. <laughs> it's just it's one of those things, COC and Sabbath. I put those th- two things on the stereo, and it's like, all right, where's the wood paneling and where's the shag carpet? It's what I see. It's you heard the uh, Lord of This World? Yeah. Oh, yeah, That's their version cover, of that man. is insane, It's badass. And it was funny, because when I saw that was on the track listing, I was like, I bet they're going to fucking nail it. And sure enough, they, they, they hit it exactly. Like, it's like, oh, it's 1971 again. This is great. On their new album, they do a Queen cover. Really? Yeah, it's actually pretty good. Which yeah. one is that? Nice. Son and Daughter or something like that. Oh, and No Cross, No Crown? Yeah. That's a really good... That That's one of those complete works. There's a lot of little interludes and shit out. But it's a cool album to like just it puts you in that kind of yeah shag carpet brown wood panel headspace. I think my my favorite um, Lord of This World cover is by Helmet. Oh yeah. Oh man, that shit's badass. You got to dig the Helmet. Yeah, son and daughter. Ah. It's good. It's good. You when you listen to it, you can hear the Queen. I mean, but you know it's it's funny though because it's like some bands do covers of songs and. I don't know. It just doesn't really work. It either it's like they're trying too hard to make it sound like them, or they do it too faithfully to the original. Right. And this one is almost like you you can hear in your head that that probably could have been a COC song. Yeah. Just see, I think that's it. kind yeah. of the way. See, covers are so weird because they they go like you said, one of two ways. Either a someone tries to nail it, no perfect in every facet to where it's like you're not listening good to you, another band, right? Yeah. But then others tend to take songs because Metallica, I think, kind of started everything this way. Is they would take songs and they would cover them their way, and then it became, like in this case, a COC song. So it's like you're hearing COC do a version of Queen, but it's like, yeah, I I could hear that as a. If you didn't tell me Queen wrote that, I'd swear that was a COC song. Nice, yeah. just the way the guitars work with it. And everything. Yeah, yeah. And then you have you talk about bands doing covers, and you have Typo who completely took a song fucked it up inside out. <laughs> destroyed it and somehow it still just kicked ass yeah. it sounded like typo you know right. it was like, but it sounded almost like a failed fail shadow that's wrong a pale what? shadow and uh, the fail shadow like, like when they did I follow depressed people <laughs> <laughs> and the fail, fail shadow like when they did the seals and cross i mean come well on, they man. would they would take a song and they would completely make it just a shadow of its former self it's like it doesn't sound anything like it paranoid and have you ever heard their like version it. of paranoid no i haven't it's like nothing. it's like they took the fastest black sabbath song there is and like dropped the tempo in the dirt <laughs> i mean it's but it's awesome you know yeah. i mean it's great <laughs> but it's totally typo it's like if nobody told you like Someone who is a casual listener to either Sabbath or, or Typo, and they heard that, they're like, finish with my little... Wait a minute. That's not... No. <laughs> yep. Is that paranoid? I mean, it just throws you off like that. It just completely completely doesn't match. And a couple others on my list. Uh, S.O.D. Uh, yes. You got to have this. <laughs> I think S.O.D. gets an automatic spot just given the fact that Anthrax belongs. In, in the big grand scheme of things, but right. SOD took that to another level. I, I, I wish SOD could have done more. Yeah, me too. But Speak English or Die is a classic. Oh, so good. Everything. that Also, in the metal nerdery, this can't be loud enough file. Yes. Speak English or Die. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Yes. Sergeant D is coming. <laughs> you yeah, got to love Billy Milano. Just, uh, you got to love him. Although didn't there's just really nothing bad about that. But didn't you think didn't MOD almost seem like a less serious version of SOD? Like almost a more silly version of SOD? Yes. Yeah, a little bit. Because SOD always Still good, seemed though. angry. It was good, but yeah. it was like SOD always seemed really pissed off and angry. Right. But then MOD was kind of like, ah, fuck it, we're having a good time. <laughs> it's like a totally different vibe. Bandex enormity. I'm a bold, courageous man. <laughs> Don't feed the fucking bears. Bush Wackatias. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> oh, well, you know, and then Ode to Harry. Can't go Ode to Harry. Yeah. And, of course, we won't talk about their more controversial tune. Certain inflicted death sentence. Or you will. What about some Venom? I've never really listened to them. I've heard some Venom, but I haven't heard enough Venom. I have to appreciate what they've done for they're, metal. They're always on the list. Always. Yeah. But I feel like they're one of those bands I've always like, 
I should listen to them, and I just yeah. There's just so much crap to listen to. All the time. Like I mean, I've heard of black metal, and I've heard tracks on black metal, and the production is. I guess to be fair, it's definitely an homage to the production that would come for black metal because it was just it was ship production. It was like they recorded in a garage inside a tin can in a bathroom or something. I mean, it was very reverby and just kind of. But the stuff they were singing about back then was like, holy shit, man, what are these? Because these guys were taking it to a different place. But I've not really heard anything other than that one black metal album. Mm. But I'll, you always yeah. do hear them, though, name checked. They were also known as Guillotine yeah. and Dwarf Star. Dwarf Star? <laughs> Worst name ever. 78. Jeez. Yeah. yeah that was, so they that were was doing different from 78, absolutely. Wow, welcome to hell, 1981. Wait, so where did Black... Uh, so, okay, so Black Metal was the second album from yeah, Venom. came out in 82, and then that's what I was looking for here. In 06, they had Metal Black. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Black Metal looking in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> this is obvious, Osborne. This is obvious. <laughs> mirror. Metal Black. <laughs> what's the next one a word scramble hey let's mix up the letters of metal and black and see what other kind of album titles we can create black metal black metal with satan at war <laughs> it sounds like yoda uh, metal at war with satan that's a a band i like to listen to the goddamn gallows they do a version of that which, oh really oh yeah oh, they, they do it a lot every time you see them they play it hmm uh, I'll have to actually check that out. Oh, you went with me one time. It might have been really. If I went with you, I was probably shit faced. We were all that night, yeah. Oh yeah, that was the. I remember that. That was the night we decided it'd be great to go do a lot of drinking not and eat. not eat on an empty stomach. Me at the time, I was taking very heavy prescription narcotics on an empty stomach with alcohol on top of it, over and over and over. Not smart, boys and girls. Yeah, uh, yeah not smart yeah. at all. Please don't do that because it. Let's just say it ended with uh, getting the best McDonald's I've ever tasted in my life later in the evening. It was like a gourmet meal. It was so delicious. And it was probably like a quarter pounder with cheese meal, but it was delicious. A couple other bands I used to listen to quite a bit. I don't know if they fall in this category or not, but The Accused. I'm not as familiar. Yeah, I have to say I'm not either. I I know of them, but I've never really listened to them all. I'm not sure if it's 100% thrash, but... I think they I used to play with wreckage, should they? Well, I would think so. Well, I remember people back in high school would talk about them, and I'd hear them in different circles, and I think if they had it on, I might hear it and kind of, you know, who's that? Yeah. But Yeah, I mean, I remember listening to it before, but yeah. I just... It's a little more punk hardcore with some crazy-ass vocals, but the music is always badass, yeah. for sure. I feel like I need to, uh, want to break it out. Yeah, that's good <laughs> stuff. But it sounds like, to hear you say it, though, Bill, it sounds like, they sort of represent kind of an important step in metal in terms of bringing those elements in, like those punk and hardcore elements. Oh, Because yeah. I've heard the accused name check before, so that's why I say that. Yeah. Even like Municipal Waste, I guess, kind of, is kind of like that. They almost have that yeah, more the, hardcore thing going on, but... They're kind of like a... I wonder if they're kind of in the same boat in a way. Yeah, they follow in the vein of DRI and bands like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're kind of, they got that crossover. Yeah. Yeah. See, I feel bad because I've heard so many great things about DRI, and they would be on my list, but I've not really heard them enough to even have an opinion, which I feel like an asshole for that, because it's like, I feel like they were important in metal, especially during that time where things were kind of getting mixed up and changing, and because yeah. you hear about things like, you know, Four of a Kind, and Crossover, and Thrash Zone, and all those are like classic albums, and it's like... Dude, get off your depressed ass. Go out onto the YouTubes and listen to them, man. They're right there. So anyway, it's on my to-do list. Yep. And the death. The death. The gotta, death. You gotta love the death. Yes. We used to do a little uh, pull the plug. <laughs> yeah. Every time we'd play it, we'd, we'd play mainly like the pre-chorus riff and then like the chorus part. And whenever it got to the part where we were supposed to say, pull the plug, it was always something dumb like the intro to one. <laughs> or like a harmonic or something dumb little whatever but it was guitarists being total dorks but it was fun yeah death is good stuff though oh yeah I like it I do want to listen to more of their proggy stuff like when they hit like symbolic and when did that start really with them the descent more into the proggy side cause like if you listen to Scream Bloody Gore and Leprosy those both were like 
early, early death metal, like just the jigga 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 jigga. I mean, it's just that's primal death metal. But then over time, Chuck Schuldiner went into the whole more proggy realm. Some of that stuff you just couldn't. It just, I mean, even that early sound, like you're saying, the the tinny or or whatever, it wasn't a lot with them, but they still had that early sound. Yeah, and. Man, it's just so good. Oh, yeah. So good. He was ahead of his time. I think, I mean, I think he's been pretty much credited with, like, the the founding, I guess, of death metal. Like the godfather of death metal. It's not, it's not the Lord of Rock. The Lord of Rock. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Your boy. The Lord of Rock. Who? Ying Wei? <laughs> Gene Simmons. Isn't he the self-proclaimed Lord of Rock? <laughs> I know he's the god of thunder. Let the record show that Gene Simmons from Kiss, yes, that is his official name, is not, in fact, the Lord of Rock. <laughs> I was. Holy crap, Relations, I didn't know 53, that. Andy LaRock was on that album. Really? Individual thought patterns. He is a King Diamond guitar player. Wow. Okay. And I've heard good things about that one, too. Yeah, I kind of think that's where it started. Kind of right around in there in the mid-90s. I feel like, for some reason, that spiritual healing was sort of like a departure because I remember hearing about like they talk about it a wreckage I think and they would bring up things like this seems a little different than before mm. I've listened to this one quite a few times the last one Sound, Sound of Perseverance because it really tripped me out because I didn't have a song list in front of me or anything and then Painkiller came on oh wow and like <laughs> I was like what <laughs> that'll blow you out Death of the water Painkiller yeah it's good though Is I it? like it yeah it's, it's a good deal Good stuff. That totally blow you out of the water. Yeah, those first two for me are just badass. Those bring back a lot of memories. Yeah, but um, was a lot of cheap weed and wine coolers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> just telling you, weed and wine coolers, huh? Mostly stems and seeds, but this was high school, so we didn't have a lot of money back then. And we just did what we did anyway. Moving on with the show. Might as well break out the Thunderbird. The Thunderbird. <laughs> <laughs> Right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> whew, boy, I got, I got a story I'm definitely not going to share here, but about drinking that. Whew, yeah, not going to share well, that here. Thanks for bringing it up and not sharing. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. I mean, I can share it if you want, but it's, it's doesn't. No, we're good. Appreciate it. it. <laughs> thanks. It doesn't really revolve around metal. So. And fuck you. Come on, let him tell the story. It sounds really fascinating. Shut it's up, Millie. Shut up. We're not. All right, sorry. Jeez. Um, that's about all I have. Going any, back to the kitchen. Any, uh, any other ones uh, you can think of, Matthew? We've covered a lot. One of my big faves that I think we've already talked about this some is Coroner. And I think the reason is because they were three-piece, like Rush is a three-piece. Right. And something about their riffs, and they were even kind of an influence on how we used to write, just in terms of chord choice. Yeah, they could get a little little proggy every now and then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they, they could... kind of, sort of like Forbidden, you know, they had that different kind of angle but it was like the way they played stuff and the riffs they wrote they weren't really they weren't as traditional it's like they were traditional thrash but they were doing things that weren't like you're kind of like with helmet like helmet uses chords that like you don't think they belong in metal but the way they pull it off it's like yeah that's fucking cool yeah corner was kind of doing the same thing so they were still doing thrash stuff but they were picking these crazy chords and me and adam would pick up on that and we would start finding you know, okay, how many crazy weird fingerings of this chord? <laughs> that's the that's correct terminology. It's called a fingering. <laughs> yeah. How many fingerings Ooh, of hello. this chord? How are you doing? But you'd figure out all these crazy fucking riff ideas, and it would come from bands like them because they were doing it. Yeah, those last three albums. No More Color, Mental Vortex, and Grin. Mental Vortex Some, and uh, Grin, to me, are yeah. two classics for sure. No More Color is really good, too, but the last two there are amazing. I just... uh I always kind of like Ron Royce's voice. It just, I don't know, it just had this weird quality to it. Mm-hmm. Sounds like he's coughing <laughs> gravel or something. I want to say, uh, I read somewhere they're they're working on a new one. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, set to release. Uh, has not yet. I would like to hear this year, that. Hopefully. I've seen them do, uh, this was recently, I think it was a, a year or two ago, but it was a live version of them playing the... Uh, the Lethargic Age, I think, from Grin. Yeah. The Lethargical Age. I don't know if someone dicked around my iTunes and changed the name of the song or something. That so, was me. You know, Lethargical doesn't sound like a word, but they are Swiss, so maybe they screwed it up in translation. Anyway, 
but they're playing the song, and this is recently live, but it's tuned down lower, you know, because I'm guessing he can't yeah. have that growl at this level anymore. Now it's got to be down here at this level. But it had like a heavy vibe to it, so I'm wondering if they're doing the same thing, like kind of moving sort of away from the thrash stuff so much and more into like the heavier realm. Guess we'll find out, hopefully. Yes, hopefully. The Corner's one of those bands like that for me. They just, they've always had just something different that other thrash bands didn't have that I always thought was interesting. And also, they started off as roadies for Celtic Frost. Woohoo! Yeah, I think uh, covered a lot of thrash there. Yes. It's is always a good thing. It was like yes. a thrash buffet, if you think about it. <laughs> Keep the thrash coming. Yeah, so uh, always. Keep the thrash alive. I hope you enjoyed this discussion on thrash. This is Obvious Osborne. Isn't it obvious you're listening to Metal Notary? Obviously. Hey, this is Matt from Metal Nerdery. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Like us, share us with a friend. We are at Metal Nerdery Podcast. That is at Metal Nerdery Podcast. You can follow along with the show on metalnerdery.com slash episodes.